What are we talking about? Right, right and wrong. Come on, man. What are we talking about? Right, right and wrong. Corn Pop was a bad dude. <laughs> Whoa. Corn Pop was a bad dude. <laughs> Whoa. Come on, man. What are we talking about? Right, right and wrong. Come on, man. What are we talking about? Welcome to Right and Wrong, the show where we try to wake up the woke by talking common sense about the issues of the day. I'm your host, Brian Ruka, and with me as always over there is my man, your man, producer Juice, the truth box, ladies and gentlemen. There he is. Let's give it up to him. The truth is the way and the path of life, and that no one comes to the Father except through the truth. How about that? Now, I know we've been away for a little while. I know, I know, I know. And I apologize for not giving you a heads up about that. But for those of you who don't know already, me and my beautiful family, we have fled that deep blue state of Massachusetts. We're gone. Out. Adios. Poof. Vamos. Goodbye, Massachusetts. See you later. Yes, that's right, my friends. We took off. We got out. Couldn't handle it anymore. Can't deal with living in, in Queen Wu's dictatorship. We're done with uh, squishy Republicans like Charlie Parker up there in the governor's office. And we're just, we're out. Can't do it anymore, ladies and gentlemen. I am sorry we are done. We, we fled south of the Mason-Dixon line, came down to beautiful old South Carolina, and it is gorgeous down here, let me tell y'all. Let me tell y'all something down here. It is nice to be around these Southerners. I am loving it. I am trying to tell them not to hold my Massachusetts license plate against me, that we are part of the good, good guys. We're on the good team. We are not bringing our Massachusetts politics with us down south here. Coming to join the Red, trying to conform, trying to hold the line, as they say, I guess. And I couldn't be more excited. And now I am just a stone's throw away from the producer, so we can bring you some even better and greater content. Now, I will say, the reason I did not give you the heads up about this beforehand is because I foolishly thought I'd be able to record throughout this whole process of moving. Boy, did I underestimate how difficult that was going to be. So I do apologize for not keeping you guys in the loop. I do apologize for not banging out content left and right. It has been a lot. Moving everything up, packing up the house. You all know how bad that is. Horrible, horrible. Not fun at all. Getting the the U-Haul, driving it down here, securing a new place to live, all that stuff. Getting a new job, everything, you know. But hopefully... That's the only detour we'll have to make. And I will tell you, give you just a little slight tease, just a little tease. Please don't kill me, Mr. Producer, for this. But me and the Truth Box have been working on a website to bring all you guys. I think you're going to love it. We're going to have some good, fresh content on there. I got to got to writing a little bit more, so get that right and wrong blog going. So we should have some good content on that. And uh, yeah, it should be a lot of fun. I know my man's already working on some merchandise designs. Isn't that right, my friend? Yeah, man. Uh, but yes, that is one of our goals that we're trying to do. So um, we're trying to keep this thing going. Build back better. <laughs> you like what I did there? We're building this program better, baby. But it is going to be great. I am so excited to be here. Very, very happy to be talking to you all again. I have upgraded the studio. So instead of being in my daughter's bedroom... I am now in my closet, so a little bit of an upgrade. If you saw her bedroom before, um, this closet's probably a little bit bigger than that, so 
I think we should be okay. Um, yeah, I think we, we got you guys all back up to speed here. Right, Juice? We got a great show for you today, just like we normally would. We got the rights and the wrongs of the week coming up. We got a come on man that you just have to hear to believe. Got a couple things we're talking about. Miss Brittany Griner and that whole nonsense. Trump just got raided, so, you know, we'll dabble in some of that. And uh, what else, Juice? Oh, yeah, monkeypox. Let's see what everybody has to say about monkeypox and what we're doing. And uh, maybe some of the differences between those monkeypox and the COVID situations from the higher ups that want to run your life for you. All right, I guess that's all I got. Uh, right now. So without further ado, let's bring in Mr. Ric Flair to uh, get things going for us because you know what? It is showtime, baby. Woo! Showtime! Woo! 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 All right, all right, all right, all right. So as I mentioned there in the, uh, in the little opening that um, I just moved. Moved out of Massachusetts and headed on south. Now, this is a topic that I just think is, you know, very interesting to me right now. Someone I'm, I'm just went through it. I made that decision with my wife, with my, well, maybe not with my children. Um, they're, they're, you know, they're on the fence with it, but they're adapting to the new surroundings. But me and my wife, the beautiful Miss Ashley, put our heads together realized we did not want to be up there in the uh in the blue blue sea the deep blue sea and just you know cost of living the uh you know attitudes the traffic the just the whole aspect of that northeast lifestyle definitely was something that was uh draining the two of us and we wanted a different different life for us and for our kids we wanted you know, better environment, like more, more country atmosphere, nice, clean air down here, friendly people, you know, it's going to sound, it's going to sound like I'm stealing the story from, uh, from my cousin who came down here, you know, maybe six months ago, but the exact same thing happened to her that, uh, just happened to me. So I, I, I just went to the DMV, me, me and Ashley, we went, we had to up, update our licenses and I didn't have the proper, uh, forms with me. I did not have my birth certificate. So, um, you know, I was told I couldn't do it at the time rather than what I would have got back home in Massachusetts. Yeah. Back of the line. Take a number. Get out of here. Can't help you. You did not have the proper paperwork. Hello, Wazowski. Fun-filled evening planned for tonight. Well, as a matter of fact. And I'm sure you filed your paperwork correctly for once. The sweet lady working at the register said, hey, you know what? Go ahead home. Get your document. Skip that line when you come back in here. Don't take a number again. Just come right back up to my window, and uh, I'll take care of you when you get here. I said, hey, you know what? I have to go to work. I don't think I'm going to be able to do that. She said, you know what, hon? I'm going to be here tomorrow. You just come on in and come see me tomorrow. Bring that material with you, and I'll take care of you right here. Window number 12, dear. (laughs) And I was blown away by that. I was like, what? You kidding me? So... Lo and behold, that's what happened for me. I was able to come in the next day, not sit through the ridiculous line to go take a number, wait for them to call me. I went right up to the to the nice woman from the day before, gave her my material. She processed everything, took care of me, out of there in about 15 minutes. Unbelievable. Right there. That might be worth the, loan, the, the move alone. I couldn't believe it. 
It was incredible. But that's part of the reason why we wanted to move. We want to get, get down here. It's a nice way of life down here. Everybody is so friendly and helpful. I love it so far. Now, admittedly, I've only been here for a week, so things could change. Who knows? But we're off to a good start. Let's put it that way, okay? Now, the reason why I wanted to circle back to this here today is uh, because I think a lot of people are making these same decisions. I mean, I know they are. I came across an article a little while back, and uh, it was from Forbes.com, and it was published back in April, but um, it was all about migration patterns throughout the, the throughout our country. And you guys want to hear the top 10 states that people are leaving? I think you'll find a lot of things in common when you when you hear this list here. All right, number 10, Wisconsin, 9 is Michigan, 8 is Indiana. So those three right there tell me that is, you know, rust belt kind of stuff right there. That is, uh, you know, I'm sure people leaving because of jobs, this, that, and the other thing. Then you come to number seven, Colorado, number six, Washington State. Here's where things really get interesting. Five, Massachusetts, four, Pennsylvania, three, Illinois, two, New York, and one, California. What do those things have in common? They're all run by deep blue liberal progressives, not just Democrats, not just traditional liberals. They're run by progressive liberals, the diehards of the progressive movement, the the soft on crime um, environmentalists, the the spend, 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 the anti-American, the the race baiting progressive left. That's who runs these states. California is a disaster. Who wants to go there? Nobody. You couldn't pay me to go visit California, never mind to live there. New York, Ernie Adams, oh, guy's a joke. Some people were a little bit hopeful that, at least as a former cop, this guy might be a little bit more of a traditional Democrat, you know, your, your, um, your, your JFK, even Bill Clinton-type Democrat. But nope, he's way more left than those people. Illinois, Chicago speaks for itself, right? Who wants it's another city you could never get me to even even visit. You couldn't pay me enough for that. Pennsylvania. I mean, everyone there is a Quaker, right? Isn't that what is just going on? I don't know. <laughs> so maybe maybe they didn't even like fill out the census or something. They they don't even have pencils. I, I don't know how that stuff works. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Uh I mean Philadelphia. Philadelphia is another one of these mess cities that should be should be an awesome city within our country, but it's just so poorly run, riddled with crime, homelessness. It's not good. And number five is Massachusetts. You know, it's called Taxachusetts for a reason. The government there just in your pocket left and right. Y'all know where I stand on the uh, school systems in Massachusetts. I'm suing the Boston public school system. Give me a break here. It's a joke. It's crazy expensive. This traffic, it might be the worst in, in the country. And it's just the, the weather. Like, I do like um, the fall. Fall is one of my favorite times of year, but I'm not going to miss the snow. The nasty, cold, you know, two, three feet of snow in the middle of January. Get out of here with that. So those are the top 10 states that people are leaving. You guys want to hear where people are going? 
Number one, Texas. Number two, Florida. Number three, South Carolina. Yeah, yeah. Number four, North Carolina. Number five, Georgia down there with the truth box. Six is Tennessee. Seven is Nevada. Eight is Maine. Nine is Delaware for some reason. Go back to that old Wayne's World bit. Hi, we're in Delaware. <laughs> like, who? I don't know why anybody's moving there. But uh, And then number 10 is Idaho. So, I mean, there's a pretty common theme. One, two, three, four, five, six um, are all southern red states. Well, Georgia got, let themselves get flipped uh, recently. They're more, I guess I'd call them a purple state, but I got big hopes that they're turning back red this time around during the midterms here. We got to get after it. But yeah, I mean, that's all you need to know right there, people. Look at what people can say what they want to say, but what are people doing, you know? And and not as many people like to be as vocal about being upset with the progressive, with the left, with the with that cultural politics, the type of stuff we talk about here on this show. That's not the easiest subject for people to talk about. It gets avoided a lot, but I'm telling you, that's playing into this. 100%. Because when push comes to shove, people will say something like, oh, you know, they can get on board with it or, you know, go back to the busing back in Boston, back in the 70s. All the people that were on board with it lived in the suburbs, lived in these rich little communities that they didn't have to deal with it. People act a hell of a lot different when they're forced to deal with it and confront it and live with their decisions. And these patterns right here are telling me that people are out they do not want to be run by this far left progressive nonsense. Now we just need to convince them to start voting that way too. All right, folks, why don't we start off here today and we will, uh, let's bring the rights of the week to everybody first. We'll keep those wrongs waiting, simmering on a, on, on a low, on a low simmer until later in the show. And we'll, uh, we'll, we'll, Start with a little bit of positive recognition for people that are doing the right thing, for people that are standing up for freedom, for common sense, and for you and me. How about that? That sound good to you, Juice? Yeah, yeah. That's what I thought. All right. The number five right of the week goes to Senator Ted Cruz. He was grilling the director of the FBI over this nonsense training material that's been floating around over there at the Federal Bureau of Investigation. With knuckleheads like this guy running the show and uh, training material passed out like this, no wonder why these idiots went going around raiding Trump's residence down there in Malago. Absolutely ridiculous what this bureau has begun. And I'm telling you, hopefully Senator Cruz and the rest of the Republican Party is seriously considering completely dismantling this entire agency. Zero credibility left whatsoever. It's absolute joke, but I'm getting a little ahead of myself. Why don't we listen to what Senator Cruz had to say during a hearing when he uh, got a chance to question the director of the FBI. And I will remind you that this was before Trump got raided. So take a listen. Yesterday, it was reported that Project Veritas had obtained a copy of an FBI training material which listed various symbols and themes which, in the FBI's estimation, were indicative of, quote, militia violent extremism. Now, these symbols weren't things like the Ku Klux Klan or the Nazi Party, which naturally would be symbols of that. But instead, they included, rather astonishingly, patriotic symbols of our nation and our history. Included on this list 
is the Betsy Ross flag. Now, that's fairly remarkable that the Betsy Ross flag and the FBI's indication is indicative of violent uh, militia, violent extremism, because among other people who have been publicly alongside the Betsy Ross flag, we have President Barack Obama, who was sworn in directly underneath two Betsy Ross flags. Whoa, 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 whoa. Why don't we hold up right there for a sec? Um, maybe the FBI listing a flag like this, the American flag, the Betsy Ross original American flag, labeling that as an extremist terrorist symbol. Maybe that's what produces people like Juice's boy on the beach there who was just triggered by Trump, uh, a person in a Trump bathing suit or or not a Trump bathing suit, sorry, a person in an American flag bathing suit or just who has an American flag on the beach. Remember that kid, Juice? Juice loved him. The one who just kept going. Ew. Like, ew. Ugh. Ugh. I mean, I'm just triggered by the flag. Ugh. Ugh. Anything American flag is, like, very Trumpy now, and I'm just like, I can't. Just, ugh. <laughs> I mean, the kid was a little bit funny the way he said it, but, yeah, that's why people have a problem with the flag these days, because you got agencies like this, and you got nut jobs from the progressive left that insist that anybody who has an American flag is a white supremacist, white nationalist uh, person to be afraid of. Ridiculous. All right, Senator Cruz, continue. But it's not just President Obama. We also have President Biden, who was sworn in under Betsy Ross flags. It's not just the Betsy Ross flag. Also on this list is the Gadsden flag as a symbol of violent extremism. Now, the state of Virginia has a license plate for the Gadsden flag, as do many other states. I think people would be astonished to find that having that license plate, the FBI indicates that you're a violent extremist. Also included on this is a text that I was particularly struck, is the Gonzales battle flag. Come and take it. As indicative of being a violent extremist militia, well, I will self-report right now that every day in the Senate I wear my boots that have the Gonzalez battle flag on the back of them. Director Ray, what are y'all doing? This makes no sense. Do you, do you agree with this FBI guidance that the Betsy Ross flag and the Gadsden flag and the Gonzalez battle flag are signs of militia violent extremism? Gotta love it. Gotta love the fact that I, I love that Ted Cruz is always willing to uh, take on these types of battles. He has no problem with culture war issues. And those are the main issues that I'm I'm sorry, people. Everyone wants to talk about taxes or, or you know, I'm a uh, fiscal conservative and a, and a social liberal. That means you just you're on the sidelines. You're not even you're not even fighting where the where the where the battle is is where the battle is being fought. You're not there. You're just you're just on the sidelines because the culture wars are where it's at. That's what matters. That dictates everything else. You can't go the other way around with it because you never if you if you don't attack the culture war issues, if you don't talk about the stuff we talk about on this show, if you're not willing to stand up to declare a man is a man and a woman is a woman, then we have nothing 
to protect, nothing to conserve. We've already lost. And I think a lot more people are starting to realize that, thankfully, but we could always use more. And that's the idea behind a show like mine. Because if we don't start with things like this, if we don't deal with the culture war issues, if we don't deal with the root of the problem, then we will continue to have an FBI that decides that uh, the Betsy Ross flag is a symbol of militia nationalistic uh, terrorists. F that and thank you, Ted Cruz. And for dramatic effect, for, uh, for anybody who hasn't seen that video, he legit took his boot off and slammed it on the, on the table in front of him to show the flag he had on the back of his boot. Next. All right. Here we go. The number four right of the week is none other than our favorite um, reporter in the press secretary's uh, briefings. Mr. Zach Morris, also known as Peter Ducey, when he brought up this Inflation Remaining Act that the Democrats are calling the Inflation Reduction Act. So let's hear what uh, KJP, Kareen Jean-Pierre, said about this one. Is President Biden thinking about pulling his support for the Inflation Reduction Act? No. Because he promised it wasn't going to make, it wasn't going to raise taxes on anybody making less than $400,000 a year, but the Joint Committee on Taxation says that is not true. Well, that is incorrect. So the Joint Committee on Taxation, which you guys heralded as a, an effective body when you were selling that infrastructure package, is not to be trusted here. I said it is not correct because I'll give you why it's not correct, because it is incomplete. Uh, the JCT uh, uh, report that we're currently seeing is incomplete because it omits uh, the actual benefits uh, that Americans would receive when it comes to pres prescription drugs, when it comes comes to uh, the en lowering energy costs like utility bills. It does not include that. And uh, we have some experts, don't have to trust me, we have experts that say the exact same. Kimberly, Kimberly Clausing from UCLA, many key factors are left out in these tables, including, importantly, the effect of deficit reduction, the positive effects of the spending on clean energy, and the benefits from low drug prices, as I just stated. Seth Honlin, Center for American Progress. Republicans don't mention that JCT analysis includes an imputation of corporate taxes, i.e. the 15% minimum uh, on corporations with uh, less than $1 billion of profits to income groups, but does not include the major provisions that benefit people, including the tax cuts and uh, drug uh, savings, prescription drug savings to be specific. Blah, 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 blah. She just wants to drag you down this nonsense. Oh, expert this said that, and an expert, oh. An expert that we're going to handpick and and prop them up and help, uh, you know, I'll scratch your back, you scratch ours. That's what's going on there. You, She wants to talk about rebates? How can I help you today? Give me a rebate on something? Get out of here with that. Oh, okay, you're going to have this, uh, oh, oh, it's not taking into effect the uh, amount of clean energy, the, the, the good that's going to come from the clean energy in this. That's no good to me. What good is that to me? Am I going to have to pay more for it or not? Are you going to just be able to go around now and uh, reward your cronies for, for buying into your, your clean energy nonsense by giving them this rebate after the fact? And, and you're going to screw the rest of us that are on gas and oil? Like, you're going to keep continue to strong arm people 
into trying to go green. So just kind of like what's going on now with the gas and all that nonsense trying to fill your tank. These people in the White House, these people that work under Joe Biden, look at what's going on, the war in Russia, the uh, the, the supply chain going on here in this country, the lack of uh, of drilling for our own oil here in America. That's all part of their plan to get us to go electric anyways. So they care less how badly it's hitting us. They want it to hit us badly because they think that's going to trigger us into going along with their green initiative nonsense. So I don't know. I mean, you've seen stuff already. We've all seen it. The 87,000 IRS agents are going to be on there trying to charge you more money on your tax return if you haven't gone green yet. So maybe that's what they're going to be auditing about. Next. All right, the number three right of the week is Mr. Blake Masters, who won his uh, Republican primary in the state of Arizona. I don't know if anybody's familiar with him or not yet. Um, I've been a fan since I heard about him a little over a year ago, and he talks different than most politicians. And one thing that really stood out to me um, for Masters is the way he talks about the household income. And I've touched on it here in, uh, on the show before, but I uh, I pulled this campaign ad of his because um, he sums it up in this commercial. And he was in a tight primary race, so we weren't sure if he was going to get the nod or not. Um, but I'm so glad that he did. And hopefully he's going to ride that momentum into a win in November and be a new senator up there in Washington, D.C. So why don't we take a listen to see what uh, what, what this ad for Blake Masters had to say. And, uh, and I'll hit you on the other side of it. In America, you ought to be able to raise a family on one single income. We used to be able to do this. Something happened, globalization, decades of inflation. Can't really do it anymore. I think that's a huge problem. So why don't politicians talk about it? In the left, they attack me. They want to say, oh, Blake, that's, that's sexist. But guys, there's nothing sexist about prosperity. There's nothing sexist about acknowledging that if, if people can, if people have the choice, most families would prefer to have one breadwinner and have one parent stay at home with the kids. I'm Blake Masters. I'm running for the U.S. Senate in Arizona. And I approve this message because I want you to be able to afford to raise a family with one single income. Join me. Go to BlakeMasters.com. I love it. The one single income to support a house, to support a household. It's a great, great, great slogan, I think. I think it's a great thing to uh, try and accomplish um, for our country, to be able to go back to that. And I'm not talking about go back to men have to be the breadwinner, uh, the breadwinner and, and women have to remain in the kitchen. Like, I'm not trying to do that. I'm not an advocate of that at all. But I am a believer in in healthy families needing parental buy-in at home. And and maybe not buy-in is is not even the right word because we're all we're forced into all of us having to work 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 work. And what naturally suffers because of that? That family unit. And I think the Democrats that's by design for them. They want us consumed with work. They want us being that that worker bee going in punching a clock going and punching out going home rinse and repeat and in their mind they would rather all the jobs come from them as well that's part of this this IRS nonsense look they just created 87,000 jobs who's going to vote for the people that say they want to reduce those jobs 
all those people are going to be Democratic voters now because they owe a favor to somebody who got them that cushy job. We don't need to add more jobs. We don't need to to have universal um, pre-K covered for everything. We just need to make it more sustainable for people to support themselves, support their families, and live off of one income so that they're not forced to put their children into daycare at six weeks old, eight weeks old, whatever it is, because they have to get back into the workforce. It's crazy how we let it get to this. And I know not everybody believe, but, uh, agrees with me on that. And and the biggest thing for me and, and for the giggies of the world to understand is it's not a viewpoint that's coming from the uh, chauvinistic, like, males have to be the, the, the head of the household. It's just the more natural fit when, when a woman births a child and is going to be out of the workforce raising the child. It's all, th- these are human natural instincts that we're just born with. And it doesn't mean everything's black and white with that. I understand there's exceptions to every rule. There's I before E except after C, right? But the woman is more maternal, more motherly, has those built-in motherly instincts. We just don't have that. Like men, men develop that? Absolutely. But I don't think that's the point Blake Masters was trying to make. I know that's not the point that I try to make when I advocate for the single income households. I look at it as a What's best for our society? What's best for our communities? What's best for our families? What would help us be better, more engaged members of our communities? What could help us be more engaged in our church lives? I'm a believer in family dinner brings that family unit together, not go, 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 go constantly. And, and you see your kids for 15 minutes at the end of the night after you, you're, you're exhausted because you busted your hump all day long. For what? We don't get this time back. Before you know it, they're gone. They're out of the house doing the whole thing for them for themselves. So I love the fact that Blake Masters is running for Senate and that he's willing to say something that is going to come across as not so popular unless you give it a little bit more thought than, than the initial shock of what you think might be the motives behind someone saying something like that. Next. All right. The number two right of the week is... None other than our favorite governor of the, uh, our favorite governor in the United States of America. That's Governor Ron DeSantis, our hopeful 2024 nominee. What did he do, you ask? Well, he removed a state attorney from office for not being willing to do his job. One of those Soros-funded district attorneys who is not going to prosecute, not going to put criminals in jail. So DeSantis said, see ya. All right, Juice, you ready? What do you have to say? The Constitution of Florida has vested the veto power in the governor, not in individual state attorneys. And so when you flagrantly violate your oath of office, when you make yourself above the law, uh, you have violated your duty, uh, you have neglected your duty, and you are displaying a lack of competence uh, to be able to perform those duties. And so today we are suspending state attorney Andrew Warren effective immediately. Amen, Governor DeSantis. Amen. I love it. And, you know, I know the point's been made already by plenty of other people, but the fact that DeSantis is willing to utilize the power that is granted to him as the governor is amazing. There's too many of these Republican governors, again, like the Charlie Parkers of the world up there in Massachusetts, that have power and refuse to use it. They still let themselves get get played like a fiddle by the left. And DeSantis is having none of that. He's pulling out his gavel 
He's putting his fist out on the table right down there, and he's saying, boom, your move. This is what I'm doing. What are you going to do about it? I love it. Keep it up. DeSantis 2024, baby. Woo! Next. All right. And our number one right of the week goes to fellow podcaster Dan Bongino. You know, me and him, we're we're in the same biz. We're both, uh, you know, talent on our podcasts. And there's not much different between us. You know, we're both highly popular, got strong opinions, very uh, eloquent in the way we deliver our messages. But um, Bongino nailed it the other day when he was a guest on someone's uh, on, on a segment on Fox where he was on there to respond the night of this garbage raid of the Malago residence. And my man brought some passion to this one. I know he's a big Trump guy already, but he absolutely nails it. And uh, I, I think it's worth a listen. Um, so let's hear what Bongino had to say about this nonsense by uh, Joe Biden's Federal Bureau of Investigation. Let's go to Dan Bongino, the host of Unfiltered on Saturday nights. Dan, your quick emotional reaction. I think everyone's a little emotional here uh, about this raid. Yeah, I mean, you think this is some third world bullshit right here. Let me say it again. Third world bullshit. I mean, every word of that. I don't care that it's cable news. I was a federal agent. I raised my right hand and I swore to protect and defend the Constitution of the United States. And I love this country. This is a freaking disgrace, a disgrace. We don't live in Cuba. We don't live under Kim Jong Un. We live in a constitutional republic, a representative democracy. You have a bunch of FBI agents raiding the home of a former president because they don't like his politics. Are you kidding me? You've spent this whole show, Jesse, and I've spent my entire time either on Fox or on my podcast exposing the left for claiming Russia interfered in an election as Hillary Clinton played, paid off a bunch of foreign agents, her team literally to fabricate a story that occupied the nation for four years. What's she doing right now? Getting a manicure in freaking Chappaqua. She's not doing squat. Nothing. Hunter Biden is having sex on tape while doing crack, while doing crack. And what is he doing? He's living in a Malibu mansion. And yet the president, the former president, who whether you agree with him or not on his claims about the election, whether you agree or not, we still live in a country where you were allowed to challenge an election. There's even a process, the ECA, the Electoral Count Act. You may not like it. But it's a process. How do I know it's a process? Because some people are trying to reform it. You may not like it, but now you send the FBI. Let me tell you something. I have been I have paid due deference to the FBI for a long time. And a lot of listeners didn't like it because I work with some very good people over there who have since retired. The management of the FBI has now shredded any single shred sliver of credibility this agency had left. Nobody will take them seriously from this point on. It is over. You've heard the examples. Stone, Manafort, Cohen, over and over. Are they good guys? Are they bad guys? I don't know. I don't care. I don't know them. All I'm telling you is you cannot tell me we still live in a constitutional republic and not the freaking third world when you have Hillary Clinton paying foreign agents to interfere with an election. People lying under oath repeatedly, Hunter Biden doing crack on tape. And what happens? Where are the federal agents? They're 
They're not in Malibu. They're not in Chappaqua. They're in Mar-a-Lago. This is some third world garbage that happened tonight. And I'm telling you, the FBI management, here's the solution. Last thing. We have now got to win in 2022. You have no choice now, folks. Oh, we don't like the swampy Republicans. I don't like them either. Republicans may not be the solution to your problems, but Democrats are certainly the cause of all your problems right now. If there was ever a clarion call to remove your ass from the seat and go vote in 2022, this is it. He's 100% right, people. I couldn't have said it better myself. He nailed it. And I'm telling you, I love how like he sounded pissed off. And he should be like you should be. And I should be too. This raid, this nonsense is absolutely ridiculous. It is some third world BS as Bongino, as he, as he eloquently said, and it should be a wake up call to all of us. It should be a wake up call to anybody who's living in a swing state to anybody. My boy down there, producer juice, you and Anybody you know down there in the Georgia area, you need to get out and vote in the midterms. The fact that Georgia has two Democratic senators is a killer right now. And we need to flip that. We need to get back control. And then we need to win the 2024 election. We need to win those and we need to take a bulldozer to the bureaucracy in the federal government and all these agencies. They need to go. Start shredding them, please. Because this is some some scary stuff. You want to go back to, to the Roman Empire. That's where we are right now. This is the fall of the Republic. I'm telling you. The way things are right now, nobody trusts elections. Nobody trusts the Democrats. Nobody trusts the Republicans. We don't trust any of it. We don't trust these agencies. None of it. This is like senators back in ancient Rome that nobody liked, nobody believed. They all knew were corrupt. And they eventually got taken over and turned into uh, figureheads. And that's what's happening here, too. We can't let it happen. All great civilizations, all great nations have all come to an end at some point. And if the stuff we're seeing right now isn't a wake-up call, I don't know what else is. All right, so why don't we get to this monkeypox stuff going around? Everybody's starting to freak out, right? The monkeypox are going around. They're, they're spreading. It's catching on. But what's the one thing you can't say about monkeypox? You can't talk about how it's contracted. You can't talk about the most common way that it is spread. What is that? Anybody? Anybody? Through anal sex. Whoa. Through predominantly man-on-man gay sex. That's how this thing's spreading around specifically during orgies in bathhouses. That's where it started, but we can't say that. We can't talk about that. God forbid you tell people that some of the behavior that they're doing and encountering and and, and partaking in might lead to a higher susceptibility of uh, contracting a virus, a disease, or, or something like monkeypox. No, no, that would be homophobic or... Uh, out of bounds, or you can't go there, discriminatory. Um, I don't know about you, but I think it's more discriminatory to try to pretend like that's not the most common way that this is being transmitted and passed, to just not be honest with people, to lie to people, to, to, to bend the truth, let people believe that that's overblown, homophobic, uh, discriminatory rhetoric coming from the right. I'm not going to get monkeypox if I go partake in this. Meanwhile, we know, you know, I know, that that is the most likely way. 
that people are getting monkeypox. Again, I mentioned it before, I before E except after C. Yes, of course, there's exceptions to every rule. But why don't we have the decency and the honesty and the guts to at least tell people how this is happening? Warn them that partaking in certain sexual activities is going to heighten your opportunity and your chance to con- contract this disease that they're so worried about nowadays. And again, you're hearing a lot of the same nonsense from the public health officials, from the Dr. Fauci's of the world, trying to tell you, um, you know, that it's a public health emergency. Well, if it's a public health emergency, why did they allow the San Francisco Leatherfest to go on a weekend ago? Maybe weekend and a half ago. But instead of shutting that down, the same way they shut down your access to loved ones while they were sick in the hospital, the same way they shut down funerals for people that we lost... The same way they shut down your schools, your jobs. The same way they shut the world down with COVID going around. They won't even shut down the leather kink fest in the city of San Francisco when there's a disease going around that's highly, highly, highly transmissible through gay sexual encounters. Why won't they shut that down? I don't even think I I don't need to answer the question. You know, you know why. Because it's a, it's a touchy subject or you might uh you you don't want to offend somebody or you don't want to be labeled a bigot no so we can't shut that down why don't you take a listen to what the uh festival organizers put out in advance of this um a, a message they had up on their on their website promoting the event it says head for the infamous corner of Folsom and door dive into san francisco's notorious kinky leather block party Wear your gear, your leather, or your birthday suit. Just come out and help keep Sama kinky and queer. It says Sama stands for South of Market, a San Francisco neighborhood popular for its gay leather bars. It goes on to say, visit the Leather and LGBTQ Cultural District booth next to the Folsom Street Merchandise booth at the corner of Folsom and Door. Bring proof of vaccination. And an open mind. <laughs> oh, man. Bring proof of vaccination. They're referring to COVID vaccination. Bring, pr- bring proof of that. But, you know, monkeypox, the, the disease that's running rampant through through the spread of uh, male orgies. Don't, don't bring any proof of vaccination from that. Don't worry about it. We'll be good. The advertisement the, for, for this event also went on to uh, give a few ideas to help to help uh, keep the place monkeypox free. You want to hear what they what they suggested? It said, play dress up. There's never been a better time to dress from top to bottom in latex or leather. Keeping your skin covered is a surefire way to prevent exposures to monkeypox. It's okay to be picky with your sex partners. Oh, I'm glad they're giving us the uh, permission to be picky on that. Yes, we're covered, huh? It also says, cover up your own bumps. See a bump on your skin and worried that it might be monkeypox? If you're not sure and you still want to go out tonight, cover it up with a band-aid or clothing before you go out. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Oh, it's okay. Okay, you, you got a monkeypox sword. Just cover that thing up. Hide it and go ahead out and, and do what you got to do. God forbid you remain from uh, having sex for, for a couple weeks. Let this thing blow over. Nope. Just put a little Band-Aid on it, cover it up with clothing, and you are good to go, man. Don't let anybody see it. Don't tell anybody. Don't ask. Don't tell policy, I guess. 
Guess that's what they're going with there. Unbelievable. Get out of here with that nonsense. City of San Francisco. What is the world coming to these days? I'm here for the gangbang. All right, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, please gather around, gather around, gather around. Here's one of your favorite segments that I know everybody has been jonesing to get to. It is our wrongs of the week. And I can't wait to get to these either. There there's some fun ones in here. Uh, my man back there, the truth, has just been piling up wrongs, rights, come on, mans, all sorts of stuff for, for the show. We are ready, baby. Woo! All right, here we go. Without further ado, let's get to the number five wrong of the week. And it goes to none other than Whoopi Goldberg from The View. She is just a wealth of knowledge and information, as always. In this particular clip, she was pretty upset trying to figure out how students would be able to pay off their college loans without it just being swept under the rug and passed on to the rest of us and taken off their plates by the stroke of a Joe Biden pen. So let's see what Whoopi had to say about college debt, quote unquote, relief. Forgiving the young folks, and this is no slam on young people, but if you have worked your behind off, you've tried to move yourself up the ladder, you talk about people can't get gas, they can't buy food, yeah. they can't put their children oh. through through any kind of college, that's because they're paying off these freaking student debts. Wow. There she is. Genius as always. Um, has anybody stopped to ask, though, and, and I'm sure I'm not the first person to say this, but Whoopi, if all those people got such a great college education... Why don't they have a good enough job where they could pay for some gas? Whoopi, why don't you ask your man Joe Biden why they can't afford to pay for gas? Maybe it was his economic policies. Maybe it was his international policies that left us in a position where we're paying five, six, seven dollars a gallon for a gallon of gas. You moron. And who in their right mind is paying fifty, sixty, forty thousand dollars a year to go to college? And they can't even get themselves a job good enough to uh to, to put food on the table and still pay back that loan that they took out. Maybe we should start telling people that college isn't all that it's made out to be. How about that? You think that might help? Maybe we should start telling kids to stop taking out ridiculous loans for an education that can't even get you a good enough job to pay for your bills when you're done with it. How about that? You moron. Next. All right. Here we go. This one is from the press secretary. The very gay, the very black, Karine Jean-Pierre. Juice, take it away. The number four wrong of the week. And what is exactly the White House's definition of a recession? Again, we don't, we don't, def I'm not going to define it from here. I'm just going to leave it to the NBER, as, as we have stated, of how they define uh, okay, recession. So declare it one until they have declared it one. I'm just saying? saying that we're just not going to define it. We use the indicators that the NBER, uh, uh, the Nas National Bureau of Economic Research, have, have used. We've mentioned that a few times. Oh, because, you know, we're in a recession right now because of the terrible policies that come from dead Joe Biden. We're just not going to define that term anymore. OK, so you know what? In the midterms that, that are coming up um, in November, when the Democrats either steal it or get smoked, um, they're just not going to define what an election is. They're not going to define the will of the people. Um, constitutional right. Ah, we won't we won't define that because um 
you know, we want to insert things like the constitutional right to abortion. So if you want to know what a constitutional right is, I'm not going to waste my time to define that. You want to know what a a recession is? We're not going to worry about that. Let's not talk about that, okay? You want to know what a sandwich is? I can't tell you that either, okay? Two pieces of bread and some meat inside of it, I guess. Unbelievable with these people. Never ends. Absolutely never ends. All right, Juice, you ready? Let's hit them with the next one. Next! All right, our number three wrong of the week goes to my favorite, your favorite, Vice President Kamalama Ding Dong! I mean, if we really wanted to, I'm sure we could add her in here every single week. We do try to keep it fresh a little bit, but man, she is the gift that just keeps on giving for people that do what we do, huh, Juice? Well, what was it this time? Everybody raise your glasses, please. If you got uh, got a beer in front of you, a glass of wine, something a little more biggle-ish, um, yeah, get it ready. And, and the SAT word that she had for the day is impact, ladies and gentlemen. That is impact. Impact. Every time you hear her say that during this clip, you take, a, take yourself a sip, okay? All right. Juice, you ready for it? Let's go. Let's go. And the act of the United States Supreme Court to take away a constitutional right that had been recognized from the people of America will impact a lot of people and differently in some situations. And we need to be responsive to these issues and also lift up the voices of all people who will be impacted in the way that they will be impacted. So that's why we are convened today. And um, I will add a couple of points in terms of the direct impact that we anticipate there will be from the Dobbs decision. Oh, wow. Oh, man. Yeah, I got a, I got a little bit of buzz now. I don't know about you guys, but I know I do. Um, yeah, so I know this isn't where she was going with it, but how about all those babies that will be impacted now? Their lives will be impacted because they will be allowed to live them now. That's a great impact that uh, the Dobbs decision will have. And yes, it will impact many a people. Decisions that politicians make impact all of us. That is why it's so important (laughs) to go and vote and pick the correct people (laughs) to impact us. All right? The impact that one representative could really have on this country, on your lives, on the lives of the yet-to-be-born babies in the wombs of their mothers, the impact it can be major and and very impactful. (laughs) You know what I mean? (laughs) So just make sure you impact the impacts of the impact and impact everybody around you with this impactful bill and decision. (laughs) Thank you. Wow. She's incredible. Uh, That right there is the walking, talking, daily reminder of the failure of affirmative action, ladies and gentlemen. Kamala Harris might single-handedly destroy human resources departments uh, across the country. She is just the textbook example of why they don't need to exist. 
but that's a story for another day. All right, Juice, next. All right, and after those last two clips that we got, why not go to the man who's responsible for it all because it falls underneath his presidency? He's responsible for his press secretary. He's responsible for his god-awful vice president. And he's responsible for himself. Or is he? That might be something for the president. Let's hear what Mr. Joe Biden had to say. The number two wrong of the week is... You know, I know most families are focused on just putting three meals on the table, taking care of their kids and paying their bills. Helping you do that is my job. That's a president's job as well. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Does he uh, forget that he is the president? I mean, I wish I could forget that he was the president. I've heard it said before, but every morning's the greatest morning for Joe, Joe Biden. He gets to wake up <laughs> fresh, and uh, one of his staffers reminds him that, yes, he is, in fact, the president today. So it's like uh, Groundhog Day. He goes to bed, wakes up the next day, and uh, forgets everything from the day before. Or is that how that movie worked? I don't know. No, Bill Murray remembered everything. It was everybody else forgot everything. I don't know. I don't know. You know what I meant by that analogy, okay, people? You get it, please. And if you don't, I don't care because I don't have to hear it right now. I'll see it in the comments, I guess. Catch me outside. How about that? <laughs> but that guy, I love it the president it's also that's my job and that's also the president's job what are we doing here we're gonna have to have him start talking like uh jimmy from that seinfeld episode joe's job why would joe do the job of the president this guy's incredible he can't even get it straight when he's reading straight off of a teleprompter throw in a, a pesky comma and he can't handle it question mark whoa watch out and we all know he can't handle an exclamation point you get that Jack. End of quote. Repeat the line. <laughs> and what's with the aviators all the time now? He looks like a psycho when he rocks those things. Ugh. All right. Ready to move on? Juice? Yeah. Next. All right. And our number one wrong of the week goes to the most powerful politician in the world, Dr. Anthony Fauci. What did he do this time? He's muttering some nonsense about trying to mask up the kids again before this next school year. Why don't you hear what he has to say? You are in a zone or a, or, a, or a county, state, or a city that has a very high level of dynamic of viral circulation. The CDC would recommend strongly that you wear a mask in a congregate indoor setting. And that would include schools, places of work, uh, Anything that brings people together in a closed uh, environment, that is good public health practice. Yep, yep. He's at it again. Just trying to tell you what good public health practice is. Until he realizes that, um, you know, they don't have enough masks or something or this whole supply line, supply chain line nonsense um, gets gets messed up somehow. Then they'll trot him back out there now to tell us, you know what? The masks aren't, aren't needed at this time. They won't do anything to protect you. You don't need the masks, you sheep. Leave the masks for the people who need them in the hospitals. 
Because I'm Dr. Fauci. <laughs> I'd have to laugh at that. <laughs> I haven't practiced that at all. That was just trying to go with it live. It could be atrocious. Who knows? If it made it into the episode, I guess it's it's somewhat workable. Otherwise, hopefully, I learned my lesson on that one. When will this guy just go away? Can he just ride off into the sunset? Get away from my children with your stupid masks. Get out of the office buildings. Get out of the public square, please. You didn't believe this stuff when you first started spewing it to us all. You threw out that garbage first pitch at the Nationals game. And then you sat up there in the stands, elbow to elbow elbow with your buddies. No mask on whatsoever. Yet you wanted to have it on to parade yourself out there on the mound to throw like a Nancy. And we caught you back then. You showed us who you were way back when. And now, if anybody's taking you serious, anybody's listening to any of this, shame on them, because you're a complete fraud, Dr. Fauci. You know it, I know it, and the listeners of this great Right and Wrong podcast all know it. You play ball like a girl! All right, and this other story that I needed to get to this week is the ridiculous Brittany Griner situation. We've all heard about it by now. Unless you've been living under a rock, you know who I'm talking about. She's that six foot nine, six foot ten female basketball player who's held in prison over there in uh, Russia. Now, she was arrested for having a vape pen on her and some cartridges, right? Held as a prisoner, you know, Russia, definitely uh, knowing what they're doing by having someone who's got a little bit of name credibility, someone who's in a celebrity class, someone who's a African-American female, lesbian. They understand our woke politics here in in America, and they know where Miss Miss Griner stands on the victim hierarchy. She's up there when you uh <laughs> when you factor in all those things I just listed. Now, I'm not here to try to hold judgment on the Russian sentence that got handed down. If you again, if you haven't heard yet, nine years they they sentenced her. Um, is that excessive? Absolutely. Does Russia, as their own country, they're they're their own country. They are not the United States. They are Russia. Whether you like them, hate them, whatever you feel for them, them as a country, they have the ability to make their own laws, their own rules, whatever they want to do, right? In that country, that is something you could be put into into jail for anywhere of up to two to ten years, I think it was, for being in possession of marijuana, um, being in possession of marijuana, vape pen, cartridges, all that stuff. They have much stricter drug laws than we have here in, in the United States. And again, that's up for them to decide. That's a whole nother conversation we can have. I don't care what Russia has for their drug laws. Doesn't affect me. I'm not going to Russia. I have no interest in going to Russia. I'm not going to put myself in a position to be in Russia with vape pens in my pocket. Now, Brittany Griner, on the other hand, was very happy to go to Russia every year in the offseason from the WNBA to go play for a Russian basketball team and get paid millions of dollars to do that. She had no qualms about that. No moral uh, dilemma. No second thoughts about 
where she's going to go spend her time in her off season, who she's going to take money from, what she's going to um, sell herself to do. She had no problem with that. She was happy to do it. Well, I'm sorry, though. If you're going to do that, you need to abide by the laws and the rules in the country that you're in. What's one thing you heard since you were a, a little kid? And believe me, the only places I've been, I've been to the Bahamas and I've been to Canada. So I've never been over to Europe. I've never been, you know, I'm not not this world traveler. But we've all heard it before. If you're going to go to another country, do not break the law in another country. Because you never know what they're going to do to you. You don't know where you're going to end up. And in the case of Brittany Griner, she's going to be held as a political pawn by the Russians to try to manipulate our legal system. They want to use her and her fame and her victimhood, her her name recognition, and they want to use her in order to get Russian prisoners released from American jails. Specifically, the one guy that I've heard about is is nicknamed the Merchant of Death. So not a Russian basketball player who happened to jaywalk in Hollywood and got locked up for it. No, like a, a stone-cold terrorist killer. That's who they want to trade for this lady. And I'm sorry, I have no sympathy for somebody who advocated to have the American anthem not played at her WNBA basketball games here in, here in America. But now that she's sitting in a Russian jail, she wants to appeal to the American people, to the to the president of America, to come save her ass? See you later with that. I mean, I don't like what Russia's doing. We all know what they're doing. We know the game they're playing. This is something she, she shouldn't have been arrested for. It should be a slap on the wrist. But that's not for us to determine. Those aren't our, that's not our country to, to regulate. And the thing that, that's troubling me so much is we had people in this country, right? All the idiots out there who wanted to change their, their squares on Facebook to the Ukraine flag when this conflict uh, or, or the war broke out between Russia and Ukraine. They all wanted to do that and show virtue signal with how much better we are than Russia. We had people pouring out Russian vodka, right? Emptying the bottles, getting rid of it because we didn't want to support Russia. Yet this lady has no problem going over there supporting the Russian economy by playing for one of their basketball teams, making money for a Russian oligarch who owns the team. No problem doing that. I'm sure they sell merchandise from the team she plays on. Why can she go happily visit Russia, go profit from being there, help that country, yet everybody else wants to tell it, tell you how bad Russia is. It's a terrible place. Putin's the worst. Like, right? We've been hearing about how bad Putin is for, for years. Why doesn't anybody have a problem with Brittany Griner going to his country every offseason and playing basketball, collecting money from them? The double standard is ridiculous. And that's where this case stands. Like, I don't want to see any American stuck in a, in a foreign country on trumped up charges, but you got to find somebody a little bit more sympathetic than the anti-American who's, you know, millions of dollars wealthier than you or I sitting there because she's a knucklehead who put herself in this position. All right, we are almost at the end of the show for you guys today. We have one more segment left for you. The always popular, the always fun, the always hilarious. Come on, man. Segment of the day. 
But before we get into that, I do need to remind everybody to please look us up on Apple, Spotify, wherever you're listening to us, and hit that subscribe button. Please subscribe to the show, give us a like, throw us a comment, check us out on YouTube as well. I told you we're working on a website, so we're going to be out there. We need your support. Please tell a friend about us, share it around, let people know we're out there, the Right and Wrong Podcast. It's a lot of fun for us, and... uh We're hoping to gain a bigger and bigger following, and we need you. We need your help to do that. So please, Apple, hit that subscribe button. Hit the little bell icon so you get notified whenever we put up new episodes, new content. And uh, tell a friend about us. All right. Juice, you ready for this one? In the Come On Man segment, we will introduce you to another one of these lunatics that got delivered to us from Libs of TikTok, thankfully. Not thankful that she's out there talking like this, but thankful that libs of tiktok exist in order to show us just how how far our culture and our community and our society has gone we're at the point now where we have an educated professory academic wanting to tell us that it's okay to be a pedophile that's where we're at ladies and gentlemen yes no i, I didn't misspeak there i did not use the wrong terminology she's going to try to tell you that the terminology I used is harmful and degrading and and not useful, but I'm just calling a spade a spade here, ladies and gentlemen. And this, this one is absolutely absurd. This right here shows you just how far gone we are here in America right now. So why don't you take a listen? Juice, you ready? Why don't you give it to them? Folks, my name is Miranda. I use she, her pronouns, and I'm a licensed professional counselor and sex therapist in Erie, Pennsylvania. All right, all right, stop. Pull that license, please. Please, somebody in Pennsylvania, take this woman's license. Shred it. Rip it up. Do whatever you're going to do with it. Put it in a bonfire. I don't care. This woman does not deserve to keep that license after what she's about to tell you. All right, Juice, go ahead. And today I want to talk about minor attracted persons. And I want to talk about minor attracted persons because they are probably the most vilified population of folks in our culture. Yeah, as they should be. I'll translate because she hasn't gotten there yet. Minor attractive person is what she's talking about. That's the word she's using. That's the term she's using. You might know that more as a pedophile. Somebody who's attracted to minors. That's what she's talking about. She's talking about adults that are attracted sexually to minors. They are pedophiles. All right, let her keep going. And most folks are making incorrect assumptions about them without actually knowing much about them. And those assumptions create harm for an already marginalized population. You may have noticed that I'm using the term minor attracted persons, sometimes abbreviated to MAPS, instead of the more commonly used term pedophile. And I'm doing this because the term pedophile has moved from being a diagnostic label to being a judgmental, hurtful insult that we hurl at people in order to harm them or slander them. I also prefer person-first language that recognizes that any label we might apply to a person is only part of who they are and doesn't represent everything that they are. We are all people first with many different facets or parts of ourselves. And this includes folks who are attracted to minors. 
Whoop. Nope. Nope. Sorry. Do not label me or the great listeners of the Right and Wrong show here as the same kind of a person as a pedophile. Because we're not. Not the same. We're not all just people here. This is somebody who has too much time on our hands. This is the result of an academic uh, society, I guess. Sorry, Bass. But in a, a world that is just run by people with too much time on their hands. That's probably a career student who's just gone on to take more classes, more studies, more this, more that. And that's filled her brain with this overanalyzed, over... Um, thought ridiculous philosophy to explain creeps weirdos pedophiles that enjoy trying to molest children she can dress it up however she wants but that's what she's talking about that is not a person i'm sorry i can unperson them if that's what she wants to call it but that's what i'm doing i will do that all day every day and twice on sunday all right let's let her keep going it's disgusting so to start with, let's talk about what a minor attracted person is or who they are. This term simply means that the person has an enduring sexual or romantic attraction to minors. They've not chosen this attraction just as the rest of us have not chosen whatever our attraction is. You don't get to choose to be heterosexual or to be gay or, or whatever you are. And you don't get to choose to be a minor attracted person. Some minor attracted persons are attracted to a specific age range of minors, while some are not. And some minor attracted persons are exclusively attracted to minors and are not attracted to adults at all. Some minor attracted persons are also attracted to adults. Incredible. I can't believe this woman's trying to explain away pedophilia. Nope, no problem. I mean, uh, people are just born, you know, attracted to minors. There's some people that just, you know, they're always attracted to 10-year-olds, no matter what. No big deal. No problem. Can't, can't help it. That's just the hand that, that they were dealt. Can't pick out a lot in life. Nope. Can't do anything about that. She wants to insist on this map term, too. Maybe uh, maybe if we're going to keep using the map term, we'll attach like a little thing to the back of them. You know, it's not a GPS ankle bracelet around them. We'll attach something that they have to wear that has a little little like uh, tablet over their head. Right. It'll, it'll come off their shoulders, little tablet on top of their head, and we'll continuously play that Dorley Explorer song over and over and over and over again right above their head flashing in neon so everybody can see they're a map they're a map they're a map they're a map i'm the 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 map this this is ridiculous uh it, it's so absurd that you know the fact that she is trying to present this as as normal, real, polished type of stuff. Just makes me want to laugh at her, make fun of her, and and continue to point out that she's talking about pedophiles that are trying to molest children. That's who she's worried about. She's worried about making them feel comfortable, about protecting their feelings. She's not worried about the children that are being molested. She's not worried about the children and the families. And, and the amount of people that are just creeped out by these map pedophiles, she could care less about that. 
to her, it's all about the victim, right? And the sad thing is the victim in her scenario is the pedophile, not the child who's molested by the pedophile. So for that and for many other reasons, whatever the hell your name was, licensed garbage therapist from Pennsylvania, you have earned yourself one big fat classic. Come on, man. And that's our show for today, ladies and gentlemen. It's been a great, great, great return. Thank you for hanging in there with us. Hopefully you enjoyed the show. And uh, we will be back again again at it next week because we are back in it. We're here, baby. Ready to rock. Juice, you got anything else? The only thing else I have is thanks for having me. Right and Wrong Show is produced by Juice. Executive producer, Juice. Audio mixer is Juice. Hair by Skull Shavers. Wardrobe and makeup by Ashley Ruka. Right and Wrong Song created by Juice. The Right and Wrong Show is copyright 2022 from Brian Ruka.